Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to make a donation to medical research? Just make sure your money isn't wasted. We take a step down paths less trodden in the search for income. Paying tax on your smartphone, could it really happen and should it? Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's most popular weekly podcast. I'm James Pickford, Deputy Editor of FT Money, and I'll be giving you the week's money news in downloadable form. First, the search for income. I'm joined in the studio by Amy Williams, who's been looking into the subject for our cover story this week. In a world of ultra-low and even negative interest rates, investors who normally put their money into bonds are casting around for other ways of delivering a secure and stable income stream. But are there really asset classes that can do the same thing as bonds without raising risk levels unjustifiably high? Amy, thanks for joining us. So if retail and, and professional investors both have been moving out of bonds because of low interest rates... What have they been moving into? Well, unsurprisingly, they've been moving into stocks that look a bit like bonds. So these are the so-called bond proxies that have been very popular recently. They tend to be consumer staples or utilities, and they have very safe, predictable returns. So defensive stocks, but at the moment they're yielding better than bonds. And so your traditional bond investors are actually moving into these stocks and shares instead. So if it's all about dividends, as I assume it is for these stocks, and how reliable is the income from those dividends? Well, it's questionable. We've seen a big host of dividend cuts in the FTSE 100 recently. So in 2015, we saw 10 companies cut their dividend, which equates to a 4.5 billion income loss for investors. And another four have cut their dividend in 2016. And these include very popular stocks like Barclays, Rolls-Royce and Rio Tinto. So things aren't looking particularly great for dividends and lots of fund managers aren't really expecting a huge amount of growth this year. Although, curiously, Brexit has helped those looking for dividends. The weaker currency has given investors a bit of a dividend boost. That's very interesting. I think you've been looking into other things beyond equities that uh, fund managers are also going into. Some weird and wonderful stuff, I believe. Yes, uh, they're normally investment trusts. So although they're illiquid assets, um, the investment trust structure allows fund managers to buy shares in them. So popular ones include infrastructure funds, renewable energy, peer-to-peer lending and odd corners of the property market. So trusts that invest in GP surgeries or, or student accommodation. And what kind of returns do you get on those those sorts of things? 
Well, at the moment, they're yielding quite well. So Empiric Student Property, which, as it says on the tin, invest in student property, has a yield of 5.2%. There's an infrastructure fund that has a 4.5% yield. But because lots of fund managers are pushing into them, the share prices are going up. So investment trusts, if you don't know, have a kind of share price system. So as demand increases, the, the share price goes up. And obviously, this affects your dividend yield. So fund managers are looking looking for the next new thing all the time. Some of them are currently talking about private equity investment trusts as the next popular asset class. But presumably these things are not quite as safe as bonds. Well, exactly. And, and private equity is a good example there. It's quite a volatile asset class. You're taking a risk, but the problem is that to get income now, you're having to push ever further up the risk scale. And so asset managers are having to kind of look around and scramble around to get income. But, you know, you really need to understand what your advisor is is telling you to get into or what your fund manager is doing because actually they might be investing in things that are a bit riskier to get that income than you might be comfortable with. Amy, thanks very much. That was Amy Williams, investment writer for FT Money. You can read more on the quest for income in FT Money this weekend as part of the Weekend FT or online from Friday at ft.com money. In a week in which we've heard Donald Trump say he was smart not to pay his US federal taxes, we've been looking at a new approach the UK tax authority is taking to encourage a rather different ethos among Britain's self-employed workers. It's proposing to bring out a smartphone app that will allow freelancers and landlords and others who are outside the PAYE system to pay their taxes when and where they want, or as HMRC hopes, to pay them early. With us in the studio is Andy Chamberlain, Deputy Director of Policy for IPSA, the Self-Employed and Freelancer Association. Thanks very much for coming in, Andy. Could you explain exactly how this HMRC proposal is designed to work? This is a part of HMRC's overall vision called Making Tax Digital. What they want to do is for all taxpayers to make quarterly returns as opposed to just annual returns. They want you to be able to update your income and your expenses via things like apps. And then, as a further proposal, they're suggesting that there will be an option, and it is only voluntary, an option to pay tax as you go, so that you can, rather than wait until the year end, you can make payments as you go through the year. And is there any reason they particularly talked about freelancers and so forth with this? Do they tend to fall through the cracks in the system? They've targeted self-employed people as one of the first group that they're going to put into this new regime. We think that they've actually done that the wrong way around. We think it would have been better if they started with bigger businesses that have the resources to handle a massive change to the way that they report and pay tax. But they're doing self-employed people first, unincorporated businesses and landlords. And perhaps it's because there was a image, this famous sort of idea that you know self-employed person turns up at his accountants in January with a bag of receipts and it's all a bit hectic. And they're saying that they're trying to do away with that and this is going to help self-employed people. But we're not quite so sure about that. Yeah. Is, do, I mean, do you think it's a good thing? I wouldn't say that we're not opposed to it, sort of dead opposed to it. But there are quite a few issues with this that need to be ironed out. I mean, one thing is the speed at which they're doing it. This is going to be in place, they say, from April 2018. Most people don't even know that this is coming. By 2020, by the way, everyone will have to. If you do an annual tax return at the moment, you'll be doing this new system. We think that on the voluntary payment point in particular, I would advise people that it's sensible to set aside money for your tax bill. 
but you'll be better off if you put it into your own bank account where it can accrue some interest rather than giving it straight to HMRC where they could be making money out of it. Mm. And is there a danger that you don't get the right amount or that you know you end up paying too much? And... Yes, very likely. I mean, there's so many different types of business, but let's say you're a seasonal kind of business. So a classic example is you sell Christmas trees. So for three quarters of the year, you don't have any income. You might have a few expenses. And then you get all your income in in that one quarter. So they're going to make an assessment on what your annual basis is based on your quarterly returns. And they're going to then say, well, you should be paying this much, that much, whatever. That's clearly not going to work for seasonal businesses. Mm. So you could end up in a situation where even if you are trying to pay voluntary, you would be making overpayments or underpayments. And you will be able to get the money back, they say, is flexible. But already there's question marks over that. So, for example, they're concerned about money laundering. My fear is that it will be a lot easier to make payments into your account than it will be to get the money back. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much, Andy. That was Andy Chamberlain, Deputy Director of IPSA. You can read more about the Taxman's smartphone app in Saturday's FT Money at ft.com slash money. Finally, one of the stories of the month has been the announcement from Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook and his wife Priscilla that they would donate $3 billion towards, quote, ending all diseases. It's a huge sum uh, to add to the billions that have already been pledged and spent by other titans of Silicon Valley. But medical research is not only a favourite recipient or target of largesse for the super rich, it's also the most popular target of charitable donations in the UK. Given the amount of money it receives, should we be asking more questions about how effectively it's spent? Sheila Lane, Director of Campaigns and Policy at Sense About Science, a campaign group, has come to the FT studio to join the discussion. Sheila, thanks very much for coming in. Is there really an issue here? Surely it's a good thing that money's going towards medical research, even if that doesn't always produce the next penicillin drug. You know, medics need this money to do their trials, to do their experiments, and a certain proportion of those aren't going to work out. Of course, it's wonderful that people give to support medical research. Even better, though, would be if we could be sure that those people's contributions aren't going to waste because that is the issue here. Right now, it's estimated that 85%, 85% of all kinds of medical research is completely wasted. That means that around $170 billion worth of research is wasted globally every year, mm. and $85 billion in the US alone. How do you get up to such a high figure there? It's for, There are many different problems of what's going on in medical research right now. One is that the research is asking the wrong kind of question. By that, I mean that research is done that doesn't need to be done on questions that have already been answered, but the researchers haven't taken the time to look across the research scene and allow research that's happened to inform their question. So researchers have estimated that around half of research seems to have not taken into account research that's already been done. (laughs) Then there's the problem that research is done that can't even answer the question that's been asked. Research that's badly designed, where the methods are inappropriate, or there aren't enough people involved to give a certain answer, research that's designed to be biased. Researchers estimated that 57% of all research is not well designed enough to answer the research question it's answered. And are we able to look at all this research? I mean, is it all out there for us to view, as it were? No. Here's another enormous problem. (laughs) So often medical research is not reported anywhere, ever. We know that around half of all clinical trials that have been carried out on medicines we use today have never reported results, for example. So when results aren't reported, it means doctors and researchers can't build on research that's already been done. We're generating huge amounts of knowledge about 
diseases, conditions and treatments, and that's been lost. And is that because, well, I mean, why would, why would they not publish research? All sorts of different reasons. Researchers mm. are human, like the rest yes. of us. If they get a result <laughs> that they think isn't interesting to them, it's very tempting just to shove that into the bottom drawer of their desk and move on to the next most interesting thing. So the key question for our listeners is what can people do, you know, people who donate to medical research to make sure that that money is well spent? People who donate to medical research have some fantastic levers to change this. You know, there are three simple things funders of medical research can do. Two of them are cheap and one of them is free. Firstly, the free one. They could commit to only fund researchers who have reported the results of all their previous research and ensure that the people they're funding now report the results of that research too. Secondly, they can ensure that their funding process asks for a full account of the research that has already been conducted on the question. So we know that the funded research has been informed by previous research. And finally, they could ask their funding review teams to spend the most time looking at whether a study is well designed enough to answer the question. They could interrogate the sample size, the methods, the analysis plan, so we know that the research genuinely answers the question that it's asking. Sounds like some very good advice for the Zuckerbergs as they set up their donation. Thank you very much, Sheila. That was Sheila Lane, Director of Campaigns and Policy at Sense About Science. You can read an article about the effective funding of medical research by our regular columnist, Caroline Fines, this weekend at ft.com money. If you've been affected by the issues mentioned today, you can get in touch with us via email. Our address is money at ft.com, or you can tweet us at at ftmoney. And you can leave comments at the foot of individual articles on our website at ft.com money. There's just time to tell you what else we'll feature in this weekend's issue. Pensions experts warn of a brewing misbuying crisis as retirees shun the advice market when making use of the new pension freedoms. In our Serious Money column, Matthew Vincent asked whether there might be a way that young people can not only pay off their debts, but save for that elusive deposit on a first property. And we take a look at recent trends in house prices across the UK's biggest cities. Plus, we have the latest share tips and director's deals from the Investors Chronicle. The Money Show will be back next week, but for now it's goodbye from me and our studio guests. Goodbye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you might like to try our World Weekly podcast, which is presented by me, Gideon Rachman, the FT's chief foreign policy commentator. Each week I discuss one of the main political stories of the week with the FT's overseas correspondents and experts, and you can find our latest show at ft.com slash podcasts from Wednesdays. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.